Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Sing coach, we're ready to play. My name's John A. Tate. James Tate's over the road from me here. Howdy, howdy. <laughs> and this is the sporting record here at 3CR, 8.55. Our third member of the team is joining us from the field, M. Collard. Welcome. Hello. How are we? Hey. I'm so glad this is working. <laughs> yes. M- M's in the field uh, surveying the sports landscape. Uh, where, whereabouts are you, M? Well, it's a great question. I'm in fact serving in the field from 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 bed today, oh. feeling a bit under the weather, unfortunately. But you know, it's a good view from here. It's a good view from here, isn't it? Magic that you you can still participate from your bedroom. I'm honestly thrilled because I know I can have a good chat today, but physically getting myself to the studio was was going to present a problem. So Fair this enough. Is great. You're a trooper. So it's a, spe- it's a special show today. It is the Sporting Records one-year anniversary. So we're going to get onto a little reflection about what we've done and what we're going to do in the future. But first, we'll just do an acknowledgement. The Sporting Record acknowledged the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation as the traditional custodians of the land from which we broadcast this program and on which much of our local sport is played. We also acknowledge the incredible contribution of First Nations athletes to Australia's sporting life. We pay our respects to the elders, past, present and emerging. Well said, John. Thank you. So, one year. How do we feel about that, John? Well, can you play the thing that uh, that that uh, yes. is proof of our one-yearness? So, Em, have a listen to proof this. Of, have a listen to this, Em. Do you remember this? Yeah. Hi, my name's John A. Tate, and I've collected hundreds of songs about footy and sport. So we've put together a program called The Sporting Record. Hang on. It's not all about your records, John A. Em and I are also here to cast a critical 3CR eye over all things sport. Join John, James and me every Thursday at 4pm for The Sporting Record, right here on 855 3CR. Kicking off on Thursday, August 25th at 4 o'clock. And today, today is August 24th, one year on. That's so cute. I've forgotten we'd done that. That's so nice. I'll have to erase that now and do something new one day. (laughs) I think we should do that. So, Em, from your uh, vantage of the sports landscape, Mm. uh, just reflecting on this last year of talking about sports, pretty much non-stop for a whole year. (laughs) What are some uh, highlights or learnings that come to your mind? Oh, wow. Um, I can't believe it's been a year, honestly. It's been a wonderful year as well, sharing the 
the desk with you both. Um, I think a highlight from this vantage point at the moment has been really wonderful being able to cover a lot of women's sports um, and particularly talking about lots of pay disparities and, and lots of sponsorship deals as well, like the Netball Australia um, situation last year with Hancock Prospecting was really interesting to cover. Yes. It's been really interesting following along the Brittany Griner situation. Um, free Brittany? To, to, yeah, free Brittany. Talking about um, <laughs> uh, NFL and AFL and health and duty of care in, in terms of their lawsuits regarding um, head knocks. That's mm. been fascinating to follow. And I think also talking to um, the Peter Cullen who started Recklink and Alex Laundry recently, they were two fantastic interviews that we got to do that was really wonderful to have on the show. Friend, now our friends of the show. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, so looking back through my, I've been looking back through my exercise book because I'm a bit old school. I like pen to paper. You're an extensive note taker. Whereas you two seem to work off your phones, yes. off your telephones. Yeah. We, we, are, we are the new yeah. vanguard of this generation. But anyway, <laughs> looking back through my exercise book, I've got a record of many of the things we've spoken about. Mm. We, we did a lot on sports washing, yeah, uh, yep. a, a term I was never aware of until you two educated me. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember when we talked about the 50 most, most influential women in sport yeah. list where Gina Reinhart came in second? Yeah. We broke I'm that still story. I'm about that. Yeah. Blasphemous. We also it broke is. the story that Jayco Green Edge Cycling Team is sponsored oh, by yeah. Saudi Arabia's under the name Al Ula, which is a, uh, a city. city in Saudi Arabia who are looking for uh, tourism. So the Australian cycling team is essentially a front for Saudi Arabian sports washing. I think we've broken that story because no one else I've ever heard mention it. Exclusive. No, I think I, yeah, good one, John, for, for finding, digging that one up. Uh, other stuff, I'll just quickly run through them that we've spoken about. Rex, Rexon Footy Club. Uh, a lot of racism stuff, equality stuff, trans stuff, sporting etiquette, uh, gambling ads we've had a go at. Uh, Brittany Griner, you mentioned that. Um, I like stories where we bring to the surface little-known Aussies who are doing really well overseas mm. that no one seems to bother about. It's a good one. And we've got a couple coming up. Yeah. We've had trivia. We've uh, And we've been promoting our jazz round, of course. The jazz, ra- the jazz round I is probably... The jazz round. The jazz round is probably the, the main export of the sporting record. That's our crowning achievement. That is our magnus opus, I reckon. Jazz round. <laughs> We've had some good Agreed. guests uh, in no particular order. Grant Hansen twice, uh, Greg Champion, Jeff Richardson from Could Have Been Champions, Alex Saundry, Jason Polak twice, uh, Sophie Alexander from the Essendon uh, Footy Club, mm. uh, Darren Hanlon speaking about his song, Why Aren't There More Songs About Squash? One of the great forgotten yeah, sports. Megan Ponsford, who had that interesting story about the, uh, the first Australia India tour mm. that no one knows about. That was fascinating. And Peter Cullen was just uh, brilliant. What a brilliant yeah. person. Peter Cullen from Red. Wonderful. So, John, looking back at all that big <laughs> list of things we've <laughs> done, what, what have you learnt? Hey, I've learnt about sports washing. I've learnt a lot about uh, how to use the apps on your phone to, <laughs> to dig things up. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's been good fun working with you two because you're a different generation to me, so it's, uh, it's enlightening. 
And you are enlightening you're, you're, in, from your... Uh, you're dragging me into the future. And you're dragging us into the past. Well, I can, yeah, absolutely. I can dragging us well into the past. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. M, just uh, before we let you go to recover and continue to view the sports landscape from your bedroom. Oh, it's, again, a great view. Thank what, you, Jimmy. What have you learned over this last year? What, what comes to mind? Um... I think I've learnt a lot about cycling, if I'm honest. <laughs> I did not know much about cycling, and I can firmly say that I feel like I am a, could go and, and view some cycling and know exactly, well, maybe not exactly, but know, have a, a better and a more rounded view of what's going on. Well, you've um, taught us Melbourne boys about rugby and rugby union. Yeah. True, true. Although I still haven't given you the inside scoop on what exactly a five eight is, but yeah. we can no, get to well, that. The fractions as positions just <laughs> yeah. I don't get it. You know, it not, is a bit strange. We're not fractions; we're individuals by definition. <laughs> but come on. Um, what about you, Jimmy? Uh, well, Jimmy's learned a lot of things, but I think you know, reflecting on the World Cup that's just happened. It's the actual power of sport to really galvanise a nation, to bring things to light. Mm. Um, we well and truly had a bandwagon that was running almost out of control that was going so hard. But as the Matildas finished fourth in the World Cup, good things are still continuing to happen out of this momentum that's been built. You know, extra funding for women's sport. A statue dedicated to the Matildas is being built in Queensland. as a mural in Sydney. You know, there's more things going on. You know, um, Van Egmond was given the key to Newcastle, which I think you'd yes, like. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I love that. I've seen that. I love it. I want more of it. <laughs> so with that key, Van Egmond can open any house in Newcastle and take whatever Van Egmond likes. That's, that's yeah, my well, understanding. Is that how it works? Maybe yeah. <laughs> I should anticipate the house being robbed by a Van Egmond soon. Yeah, and that, we'll that's, see. Uh, that's success right there. So, yeah. you, know, um, <laughs> you know, the World Cup is doing great things for this country, I think. But we'll talk about that in the second half of the program. Yeah. So there you go. Well done, Em. Amazing. Well, thanks for dialing me in. It's wonderful to be able to, to join in, even on my deathbed, but that's fine. And can I just say, <laughs> uh, we're so into sports here at uh, 3CR that we're not just armchair experts, but like Emma's right now, we're actually in-bed experts. We are indeed. <laughs> so we there are you go. indeed. So there you go. Very best. Thanks for joining us, Em. Hope you're feeling better. Thank you. See you soon. See you guys later. Hey, I've got a book to drop around to you too that we're going to uh, review soon. Chloe yeah. Dalton's book. Can't wait. Which is Can't called wait. Girls Don't Play Sport, But the Don't is Crossed Out in Red. It's a ripper. Oi, great. Looking right. forward to it. Talk soon, Em. Bye. How good, John? How good? Yeah. So we're going to go to a, uh, a song now to um, mark the second retirement of one of the great yeah. AFL football players, culturally and, you know, physically in the game. Would it be inappropriate for me to tell you that it's track three on the... Uh, I'm, I'm way ahead of you, On the mini John. album? Oh, that's good. I'm way ahead of you. I'm just being a parent. So uh, we'll uh, play a few ads first, uh, announcements, I should say, <laughs> and then we'll get to the song, which is the, the amazing Anthony McDonald tip and Woody playing I was footy. thinking about what's going to be the song of the week... It was a no-brainer once I heard go. the news today. All right. Well, that, that will hit you soon. We 
Trans Family is a not-for-profit organization providing a peer support group for loved ones, including parents, siblings, extended family, and friends of a trans and gender diverse person. Trans Family runs discussion groups in person and online. We offer a safe space to share your experiences, ask any questions regarding your situation, and provide peer support. We are especially keen to hear from loved ones in regional and rural Victoria. Donations to Trans Family are tax deductible. For more information, visit transfamily.org.au or look for us on Facebook. Trans Family is a 3CR supporter. Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody. Uh, that song was by Picket Palace, and the al- and the it's a mini album called The Footy Record. It's one of my favourites. It's a phenomenal record, all dedicated to football. Yeah, I know. It was a song about Richo. And Picket Palace were just a local punk band that were doing pretty well, and then they released this album, and they their gigs started to sell out because <laughs> all these footy fans were coming along. They were on TV. I remember hearing a story where one fan drove five hours from the coast to go see them. They saw Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody, the song play, and then they left. That's all they wanted to see. They drove five hours home after that. Let me read the first verse. Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody playing footy, making it to contests when you're thinking that he couldn't, arms like Arnie and hair like the predator, just when you thought he couldn't. Get any better, phenomenal. That's that's poetry. It's good to rhyme predator with betterer. It's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So shout out to Bigger Palace for that. Uh, so Anthony uh, announced retirement today. His second retirement, and they're going to give him one last game. One which last is great game. at the MCG against Collingwood. He's been the heart and soul of our club ever since the uh, unfortunate drug saga that happened at Essendon in the mid you know tens. And since then, he's been the heart and soul, and he's galvanised an entire we community. We saw him playing at Aberfeldy. Yes, at, at the club games. I was playing at. A very and professional he, he club. was getting a few games in the VFL for Essendon, and then they rookie listed him because Essendon suddenly had 13 players who couldn't uh, play because of a circumstantial drug mm. uh, ruling. Uh, he got his opportunity, and man, did he take it. And he stayed in. He, he played over 100 games non-stop, yeah. with, oh, without, right. without injury. Over 100 games. And his whole career, I think he's up to 132 games or something. It's a good career. Yeah. And you should see how many little kids with Essendon jumpers have number 43 on the back. Yeah. Hundreds of them. 
He uh, he he's inspired many. So shout out to you, Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody, one of the legends, one of the great guys of football, one of the favourites. I think people from every club just love him. I still remember the day he kicked seven against the Brisbane Lions at the MCG. It was a phenomenal day. From the Tiwi Islands, might I add. From the Tiwi Islands. They're proud it came of a long way. Too. Amazing story. One day we'll dedicate a program to him, I think, just his whole story. When Anne and I were visiting the Tiwi Islands, mm. our guide was Trevor Tippenwoody. Yeah. Uh, Anthony's brother. Anthony's brother. They're very proud of him. How good. Oh, you would be. So we're going to turn to a bit of a debrief about the World Cup. So the World Cup ended the other day. When we had a show where we interviewed Alex Saundry last week, which is yep. phenomenal. And we haven't had our on-air debrief, so we're going to have it now, John. So just to recap, the World Cup was won by Spain, their first ever Women's World Cup. Worthy winners. Worthy winners. They won 1-0 over England, who are the best team in the world. Worthy runners-ups. Worthy runner-ups. Uh, the Matildas finished fourth, losing to Sweden in the bronze medal match. Which was a great result. We were ranked 10th in the world. I know, world. people were disappointed, but fourth was a good result. We played out of our skins. Now, at the risk of sounding like a bit of a spoiler, if you look at the stats, they played six matches in the World Cup. They lost three of them. Mm. So if you'd looked at it from that point of view, maybe it wasn't so great. But they lost to teams above them, mostly, except for... Um, <clears throat> The one, the one they lost to in the grounds, is it Nambi? No, who was Nigeria. it? Nigeria. Nigeria. I knew it began mm-hmm. with N. Yep. You know, and they, they drew with uh, Ireland. They probably should have won that. So they made it hard for themselves. But it was, it was fun. What's, it was a roller coaster. What struck me is when the crunch time came, yeah. they rose. And I just think about that penalty shootout with France where, you know, three chances to win it. And then on the third one, they finally did under immense pressure. Mackenzie Arnold, uh, one of the great performances by an Australian keeper yeah. in all forms of the game. Yeah, It's pretty amazing. So, as always, when it comes to women's sport, there are a few toxic men who find a way to overshadow the <laughs> occasion. And I just want to shine a light on this because it's caused a bit of controversy. Mm-hmm. So Spain wins the World Cup, mm-hmm. their first ever women's World Cup. <laughs> Um, the president of Spanish Football Federation, Luis Rabiales... Was he here watching the game? He was here, and he was in the celebrations on stage where the players were getting their medals. Oh, it's good to be the president. And it, I, I, can't, I can't describe how stupid and horrific this was. He grabbed one of the players, uh, forward Jenny Hermoso, uh, pulled her towards him and planted a kiss on her lips in, you know, some sort of jovial celebration that was actually quite toxic and abusive in nature. Hermoso said later that she didn't like it, but she didn't know what she could do. Um, You know, you just feel it's the best moment of her career and some dickhead (laughs) does this to her. You know, it's abusive and toxic. So the the Spanish Minister of Equality in the caretaker government, uh, Irene Montero, described it as a form of sexual violence that women suffer on a daily basis and until now has been invisible. She added, we can't normalise this. So there was a strong backlash against it, which was good to see. Well said, Irene. Well said. And, you know, the, the fella, Lewis, you know, justified that, ah, oh, it, it was a totally spontaneous mutual gesture because of the immense joy that winning a World Cup brings. Yeah. Uh, that's complete bullshit, mate. You are, you are a creep. So this is not the first controversy with the Spanish team. Um, and actually their coach... 
George or Jorge, Jorge Vilda, um, has had players boycotting him and refusing to play under him. So last year, 15 players from the Spanish team refused to play for him, complaining about his tactics, his training methods, and his management style. Uh-huh. So you'd think that if 15 players say, we don't want to play under that coach, you'd get rid of him, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Vilda, whose father, Angel, is the head of the Federation's women's department, oh, there you go. Uh, gave him an unequivocal backing. And the uh, the creep who kissed a player without consent, Luis Rabiales, also backed him. <laughs> so, you know, it, this created a rift in the team that still has not healed, mind you. Throughout the entire World Cup, players were g- turning their backs to the coach. They were not celebrating with him. Oh, they were snubbing him. I never throughout, picked that up. Throughout the entire World Cup. And out of those 15 players, only three returned during the tournament. And... Uh, Vilda left out tw- deliberately left out twelve of those players who refused to play for him. Mm. So you know, great depth in the Spanish they've team. Got then. great depth, but you know, Ooh. it's marred by these stupid dickhead men yeah, yeah, yeah. who who continually overshadow what what is a great occasion. So just wanted to highlight that, um, and also highlight the fact that the Matildas have been a runaway success in this country. But again, there are some dickhead men who are trying to overshadow the occasion. So, tennis player Nick Kyrgios and former basketballer Andrew Bogut both came out on the record saying that fourth place does not warrant the amount of accolades and success and and achievement that the Matildas are getting. So, Nick Kyrgios came out and said, um, with regard to the, the performance, it was a great effort, but it didn't warrant the recognition that it got, saying that a statue for fourth is nuts but they had us all on the edge of our seats. And I think, piss off, Nick, you idiot. You know, come on. Fourth place when you're ranked 10th. Yeah, that gets a statue. For the most televised, most watched televised event in Australian history, with 11 million people watching the semifinals, that deserves a statue. Well, I'm a bit scared to say that maybe they've got a point because you might use all those words that you just used about me. It's fourth place. Why are they getting a statue? Well, it's not about the achievement on paper. Did the netball team, who are world champions, are they getting a statue? It's about the cultural momentum and change that this event is happening, is is making happen in this country. Well, I can see all that, and I agree with you. The amount of joy, the amount of tension, the amount of support that this team has garnered for the whole country, almost half of the entire population watched their semi-final. Yep. That's a pretty momentous thing. But is it statue-worthy? I don't think so. Yes, it is. We give, so, we give statues to, to stupid men for nothing. Oh, I, I agree with that. We need more statues for women and non-binary athletes, which the team is made up of. So, yes, we should give them a bloody statue. Mm. We should give them many. Mm. Oh, Okay. So there you go. It's no skin off my face. Um, Andrew Bogart said that a gold or first place is, is worth a statue um, and everything is over the top. You know, come on, Andrew, get out of it. So that's the, that's the World Cup. On the whole, immense success. Absolutely. Immense success. So the sports world is continuing to churn on. It's been a phenomenal uh, couple months of sport. And now we have the World Athletics Championship on. 
Yeah, boy, I've been watching it. And it's been fantastic. So is it, it is on late at night now, yeah. but you can watch the replay, and I strongly recommend you watch the daily replay every day while you cook dinner or something. So it's SBS, it's free to air, it's at awkward times, but every day you can watch on demand. They actually have replays during the day anyway, but you can go to on demand and watch the whole thing or watch highlight packages. Yes, and SBS does great coverage. Mm. Um, it's simple, it's effective, mm. and... I have figured out why SBS's <laughs> coverage of sport is just that much better than things of Channel 7, of yep. Fox Sports, of Channel 9. What those mainstream media outlets do is they promote a certain type of Australian exceptionalism where Australia deserves all the focus and everyone else can get stuffed. We don't care about them. And I think that is veiled racism in their coverage. Australia is the greatest country in the world. Let's focus on our athletes. The other countries don't matter. And that's what they do. So SB- this broadcast is very balanced. This broadcast, and like they do with the cycling, for example, yeah, or with the netball, yeah. they can they do profile Australian athletes because that's what we're interested in to an extent. Well, we're the audience. But they also show every other event and country that's going on. You know, a fellow from Burkina Faso yeah. won their first ever gold medal. Eh. At a, at a sporting event, it was incredible in the in the triple jump, the men's triple jump final, and they they covered the shit out of it, and it was fantastic. I've learned something technical about the triple jump. Yes, go on. It's pretty obvious, but I'm a bit late to the game here. It used to be called the hop, step, and jump. Yes, and when I was watching it, I thought, hang on a minute, they they say a right-handed person will hit the board with their right foot. Yeah, one. But then the next step is also on the right foot. Two. And then the left foot, and then the, the final push is off the right foot. One, two, three, jump. So it really is a hop, mm. step, and jump. Mm. Now, I'm a bit slow, but I've just, just learned that by watching it. Yeah, it's a, it's a phenomenal event. Yeah. So athletics is quite strange because they're very, very simple events. Run from there to there very fast. Throw the thing as far as you can. Jump as far as you can or as high as you can. I've always said it's the purest form of sport. It's actual phenomenal watching. And my idea of sport as an art form really comes out in athletics because you see these people doing amazing things just with their bodies, which are just phenomenal to look at as well. You know, this is the peak condition for strength or speed or agility. Can I give you an observation? Go on, John. This is a bit uh, political. So they put up the list of athletes on the screen, Mm. and next to the athlete's name is a little flag telling you where they're from. Yes. They don't give the name or anything. It's just a little flag. Mm. And when I look through the list looking for the Australian flag, I can't tell which is Australian, which is New Zealand, or which is some other Commonwealth um, place that has a blue flag a lot of the Pacific with a Islands. Union Jack on yeah. the on, in the corner. Mm. I can't tell. And that, yep. that, that's really frustrating. Mm. Why can't we get a flag that is easy when it's in tiny thing on the screen to tell who our athletes are? That's a great idea. Drives we me mad. We should have a new flag. And our colours, for example, are green and gold. Yeah, I know. They're not aligned with our flag. The Kiwis could have solved this because they had a referendum on changing their flag. And the proposal was a black flag with a silver fern. It looked mm. fantastic. Black and silver, what great colours. Yeah. Anyway, as goes with referendums, it was a no vote. Yeah. Bloody referendums are hard to get up, aren't they? Other countries have changed. You know, Canada was the latest one to uh, take the British 
Union Jack off their flag and they come up with their great uh, maple leaf flag. Mm. America's done it. British Virgin, uh, uh, some other, uh, a few other countries have done it. South Africa did it. Rhodesia did it. Yeah. Um, yes, that's right. Final thing to be said. Yes. Gold, gold, gold. Gold, gold, gold. We won a gold. We got a we? gold medal. So Nina Kennedy shared the gold medal for pole vault. How good's that? I watched it, a replay of it this morning. It was a very exciting competition. Yeah, who'd she share the gold with? Well, there were three jumpers who uh, passed uh, 4 metres 90. Imagine jumping over a pole that's 4 metres 90 off the ground. That's unbelievable. Anyway, three sport. of them did. Um, Nina and an American girl and a girl from Croatia, I think, somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, so that, that got lifted to uh, 4.95. Uh Nina was the first, and she got over it. She kind of thought she'd probably won it. She couldn't see the other two clearing that height. Yeah. The the, the third place uh, girl didn't, but the American, unbelievable. She she did it. She, Rose to the occasion. I know, incredible. So they were even. They both tried uh, the next height and had three failures. So I'm not sure what would have happened. I think maybe they'd just raise it by a centimetre or two and keep them going. Keep them going. But they decided, because they had the same number of fails on the way through. Like if you had less fails on the way through, you would have got it by a sort of a count back. How good. Anyway, so they agreed to share it, which is beautiful. So shout out to Nina Kennedy, Sharing Gold. And I'll just play a little song and announce a few other things (laughs) that Australians have done. Working out. That's wild. So how good is sports? So just to recap before we run out of time. uh, Two-time champ Kelsey Lee Barber is in the finals for the World Javelin. I remember her from that meet ad on TV. Yep. Uh, Two others, Catherine Mitchell and Mackenzie Little, are also into the Javelin final. Yeah, they're good. Peter Boll, our 800 metre, bowed out in the heats, which was very unfortunate. Yeah, that unfortunate drug... Thing, yes, we won't right mention off. that. Uh, Craig Denny came fourth in the men's discus, which is a great effort. Uh, the Netherlands fell over twice in one night in the 400 metre mixed relay and one other event I can't remember right now. Uh, Hughes Fabrice Django won the first ever gold for Burkina Faso. Uh, the next Usain Bolt was announced, and this has been the sporting record. Thanks everyone for joining us.